Lord woke me up this morning saying that Jesus deserves more than the crumbs from our table. He deserves so much more than what we've given him. And uh, I'm so thankful for what all he gives us in this life. Looking forward even to the next life. We're going to get to live out this life and then we got another life to come. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful for that. I sure am. I, I, I like how God did it. I like how God put a soul inside of a man. And that soul that he puts inside there won't never die. It will live forever, somewhere, throughout all eternity. I want you to look at Luke chapter 18, verse 29. Thank you for all the prayers that have gone up for the service this morning. Luke 18 in verse 29. When you get there, say amen. I want you to see it. I want you to be looking at it. There it is on the screen up there. It's in front of me. I pray it's behind me. Is it behind me? I want you to see it. Amen. Jesus is saying and he said unto them, this is Jesus talking. Verily I say unto you that there is no man that hath left house or parents or brethren or wife or children for the kingdom of God's sake who shall not receive a manifold more in this present time and in the world to come life everlasting. Did you get that? Let me read it to you one more time. Jesus said, Verily I say unto you that there is no man that has left his house. Boy, don't we love our houses. We love our houses. We love to get it where people can see our houses. Or parents and how we love our parents. We love them. Or brethren or wives or children, for the kingdom of God's sake. Who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come life everlasting. Lord, help the word today, Lord, as we speak to you, your people. Lord, this is the word that, Lord, you gave me. Lord, I know you did. You woke me up this morning with it. Now, Lord, you just speak it in any way you want to. Lord, when I thought about this word, I thought about many people, some which are here, some which are not. I did. I pondered in my mind, what, what are you trying to speak through? And then, Lord, you would speak in a different way. Lord, I believe that the Spirit of the Lord has spoke to hearts and lives of people today, Lord, to bring them to this place so they can hear your word. I believe that. And, Lord, I, it's something else I believe. I believe that the Spirit of God has had someone not to come today. There are some people that would have been here today. Lord, they would have quenched the Holy Spirit. They would have got in someone else's way. Lord, I don't know if they've been turned over to a reprobate mind, mind or not. I don't know that. But Lord, a lot of times when we decide that we ain't going to go or we're not in a service, it could be that the Holy Ghost has put us out. It's put us out into a place that we can't be up under your blessings this morning. And God, I pray that God, whoever the message is for, that God, you'll speak loud and clear, Lord, and you'll get your message across. And that's all we're called to do, Lord, is to put out your message. Lord, you're the one that give the increase. Lord, you're the one that do the saving. You're the one that does the convicted. Lord, we thank you for all you're doing. We thank you for these good reports that we've got. We thank you, Lord, that this week, Lord, that we, we had to call out on you, Lord. We, we didn't have no one else to call out on. 
Lord, the doctors couldn't make no promises, Lord. The banks didn't have the money to fix it, Lord. That we was back into a corner and we was hopeless and helpless and we called out on you, Lord, to go into the surgery rooms this week, Lord. We called on you to heal the diseases and the, and the flus that people had. And, and Lord, how you all doing that, Lord? We ain't lost the one through all that. And Lord, we want you to know that we're grateful for it. And Lord, we'll be so grateful, Lord, if you visit with us today. Lord, the anointing of the Lord falls on us today. And Lord, we enjoy the things that you've got for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Two times this week that I've, this has come to me, and just in praying just now, I was just talking to the Lord. One time it happened, and I'm in a Bible study with Gary Taylor on Thursday mornings in Inglewood Baptist Church, and, and, and he says a lot of things, but... Uh, but he'll say that if you come here and you got it all going on, you're at the wrong place. Every one of us needs some work done. We need work done. That's why he said that work I began in you that I'll complete it. We, we need a lot of work done. But see, some folks, they get religion and you know, mama, I'll tell them, you know, you, I remember when you walked down and I, and I, I remember all them things and, and it kind of soothes you, but it, it don't bring peace to you. But I tell you, the Holy Ghost of God can bring peace to you. But what I want to tell you about this Bible study is two things. He called on a gentleman to pray. And it was probably 70 men gathered around standing all eager to get out to go places. This man happened to be a missionary. He hadn't been back in the States for seven years. Just got back the day before. He called on this missionary to pray. And boy, did he pray. Oh, he just prayed. Oh, it wasn't no loud something that would ring people's ears. It wasn't no moaning and groaning on it. Man, he just went to talking to Jesus. I was standing there and I just about got tickled because he was real comfortable in talking. You could tell this is something he did on a daily basis. You could almost tell that he did not live here for a long time because he didn't have no chains on him. And when he went to talking to his heavenly father, he just had all the time he needed. More he prayed, tickler I'd got. Boy, I can almost sense the hands wanting to turn loose. It may be a little cold. I see people some cold. Look at it. may be, look at the hands were, were turning loose. I mean, I could just almost feel they was wanting to get out the door. You know why? Because people, they don't know what it is just to have a conversation with the Lord. And then yesterday, Brother Johnny, after he had hammered on us and 27 men had showed up, that's big. That's bigger than 150. It's bigger than 330. You know why? Because it was 27 men that wanted to be there, at least for a while. <laughs> Brother Johnny on the end, after he done already held us over, he went to talking to Jesus. Same thing. Boy, I can sense in the room, people wanting to get out. I mean, you open the door, it's almost like a floodgate. They just, bam, bam, bam. They're hitting it ready to go. And Johnny just over there just talking to Jesus. Just talking to Jesus. <laughs> you know, the Bible said we got to examine ourselves. There are some examinations that you need to take 
about where your soul is going to spend eternity. It's good to go to church. It's good to be here. It's good to be around Christian folks. Hopefully in this deal today that you won't be molested and surely in these walls, your children. You won't be cussed, surely in this wall. Surely you won't be hated. Somebody won't say something wrong and ugly to you. Surely in these walls, it's good just to come to the house of the Lord. But what I want to talk to you about, that God deserves more than just the crumbs that's fallen off the table. Boy, these verses are teaching us right here. I mean, I mean, the word of God, the sands of God is hard. Boys, we read these two verses right here, we think, man, that's hard. But really, as we look at our lives, that may be the reason why Paul said, he said, I press toward the mark. He said, I didn't get in and get saved by grace. And then, then I just come to church when I want to. I just worship when I want to. I make any excuse that I want to make. One of the things that's it's burdened on me right now that it's done got the time to now the church folks. Wives make excuses for the husbands. Ed, husband makes excuses for the wives. When they both know what happened is there's not a love for God there. Anything else we're eager to do, we're ready to do, we'll drive all night to do it, we'll camp out at Walmart all day for the sale that's coming on. It really don't make any difference. But what at the end of the day is, what we want to do is just give God the crumbs of the table until we need it. Boy, then we're ready to sing, oh, how I love Jesus. Man, Paul's writings right here, it, it's so stout. He says, I've never seen a man that, that forsaked it all. I've never seen that person that didn't, that didn't receive more manifold in this present time, but also in the life to come. This morning, I want to talk about a soul of a man. Soul. I'm glad the way God designed it. I'm glad, look here, I'm glad I'm not going to have these hands some of y'all can probably look at your hands. Maybe some arthritis has come in there. Maybe it's some more wrinkles that's come on there. You know, we rub the stuff on, you know, to try to make the wrinkles go away and, and not come. We fight it back the best we come, but the old hands don't look like the hands used to look, you know, upon the eyes don't look like no matter what we do, no matter how we care to it, it comes. Don't worry about it. You're going to get some new hands. But there's a thing, Brother Darrell, inside of us called a soul. That soul that God placed in there is going to last forever. It starts these words in verse 18 of this same chapter. It said, a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit Eternal life. Good master, what, what can I do to, to inherit everlasting life, that eternal life that will go forever? And Jesus said unto him, why callest me good? Now that's Jesus talking. Sometimes we think that we doing good. I'm doing pretty good. No, you're not doing good. Jesus in you may be doing good, but you're not doing good. Jesus said himself there, why callest me good? There's none good save one. That is God. 
Thou knowest the commandments. Thou shalt not, do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witnesses and honor thy father and the mother. Boy, ain't it something when somebody talks about something that we've seen to think that we're doing right? We want to say, now I'm doing pretty good. He said, all these things I have kept from my youth. I don't honor them things. I, I've got them things. Jesus was setting him up. Now, when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, I remember one time that seemed like every time this person would get around me, he would want to tell the faults of everybody. And I knew if he was one to tell the faults of everybody else, he'd be one to tell the faults of me. So I would hear him, Brother Reed, over and over, and he was always talking about the faults of everybody else. So I knew when I got with him that day, it was going to be the same deal. I said, can you believe these folks? Can you, can you believe these? And one of the fancy things people want to do, they want to come to you. I, I don't know if they go to mechanics the same way and say, you know what? I can't believe what I heard about a mechanic the other day. But Ben, they talk to you. They come with their, their, their little silly speech and they say, you know what I heard about this preacher the other day? <laughs> Read, they just always... They, see, if you use a mechanic, said, let me tell you what I heard about a mechanic the other day. <laughs> let me tell you what I heard about a heat and air man the other day. Let me tell you what I heard about a truck driver the other day. Let me tell you what I heard about a beautician the other day. Huh? I ain't, I'm trying to leave you out. <laughs> huh? Let me tell you what I heard. You know what I told him? I said, when are you ever going to talk about something you do wrong? When are you ever going to get on? So what this man was saying, all those things I do, Jesus knew that. Jesus knew what he kind of had, had going on, and he set him up that way. He said, now all that I got. Boy, he thought he was doing good. And don't we sometimes in, in errors of our life, errors that we're doing good, we don't ever look where we done failed. We don't, we don't ever look what we done stopped. Those things that was good that we just slow down, don't stop no more. Boy, we just want to keep those four or five things that we doing good. I mean, I don't cuss as near much as I used to. That'd be, that'd be good for all of us, wouldn't it? Hopefully. I mean, not as much. I mean, I don't drink as much. I don't get near about as drunk as I used to. I don't hate as many people as I used to. I am dealing with things better. All that's good things. But you know what you're doing better when you stand before the Lord? Without the blood of Jesus applied to your life, it ain't going to amount to nothing. God, God's wanting more than some crumbs that you can come up with, that you can come and lay in your hand. Look, I'm doing good. God says, that's fine. What was the story one time about, about the man was coming to the Lord and said, Lord, I'm, I'm wanting to do everything I can for you, you know, and, and I'm wanting to do this and do that. But Lord, I, you know, I, sometimes I, I work all week and I, I don't have but Sunday. <laughs> and I just believe I need a little time for myself. I'm, I think about that. Well, you had Monday. <laughs> My, yeah, Tuesday. Oh, I just need some time for myself. And, and maybe the story went, well, you know, I, I got these new golf clubs and I, and I ain't been able to go play golf yet. And so the Lord said, oh, you got some golf clubs. I said, I'm going to have them golf clubs. 
said, well, if you take my golf clubs, I just bought, bought me a brand new golf cart. It'll just sit out there and just get rusty. He said, oh, you got a brand new golf cart. I got to have it. And then maybe the guy said, well, if I can't play golf, I guess I could go to the river because I did just get me this brand new truck to pull my boat. Oh, you got a truck and you got a boat. God said, I need that. Well, if I don't get that, I ain't going to need that, that camp house. I got to, oh, you got a camp house. Say, so, well, if I can't do that, I guess I could just go back to riding my horse. Maybe the Lord said, well, oh, you got a horse. I, I need that horse. Well, if I ain't got the horse, I ain't going to need the trailer. Said, so, oh, you got a trailer. I got to have that. And so, oh, you got a truck to pull it. And the Lord got that. And the moral of the story was when he got through, the man said, well, you got it all. All I got left is me. He said, that's what I'm on. That's what I'm on. I believe that's where Jesus is teaching right here to us. When he said, look here, I done gave it all. He said, look here, I ain't never seen a man. Look here, you love it all. You take care of your house. You can make sure it don't fall down. You check on mom and daddy. You check on the kids. But even your children, if you make them your God, you won't enjoy the things of life. Neither of the things of life to come. You love them with all you got to love them. You take care of things with all you got to take care of. But God says, I want you. I don't know if a child in their right mind would know if daddy and mama decided today and come around the kitchen table and said, honey, we got to tell you something. The Lord's been talking to both of us. The Lord told us he wanted us. So what does that mean? He said he wants us. And we're going to spend all of our time, all the spare time we got, and you're welcome to come go with us. All the spare time we got, we're going to use for the Lord. I don't know if a child in the right mind. You may not right now, but I'll tell you what, at the end of the day, you'll say, let me tell you about my mother and daddy. Let me tell you about my mother and daddy. I've seen them all the time, how God's trying to come. And the best way I got to tell you about this is, is maybe I should have got a commercial about that too today. About, about, you know, you go by and they got this lady. She's rather large and she's bent over. It's kind of a painting. And it's like she's weeding out the flower bed, you know. And that's the way God is. He's, he's trying to get it weeded out. He's trying to pluck those things away. And the end result, what he wants, he's wanting your heart. He's wanting your heart. He appreciates your attendance. He appreciates your giving. He appreciates everything else. But don't you understand? God is wanting far more than what we're willing to give. Wow. Wow. He said to him, when Jesus heard these things, he said, I've done all this since my youth in verse 21. And he come to him and he said, now, when Jesus heard these things, he said, yet like a sow, one thing, one thing you like. You got to sell all that thou hast, and you got to distribute it to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. I don't know what God's going to speak. I don't know where you're going to cut him off at. 
because already we've read two harsh places and this harsh to me as it is to you. It's the same to me. It, it shows me that I've got a long ways to go, that, that how, how God has still put his mercy and his grace on me this morning, how his Holy Spirit hadn't lead me. And I'm seeing in red writing what, what he's saying to this guy. I see down at the end down here what, he, what he's trying to tell me about everlasting life. And I'm seeing where not only there was a time that I fell short of the glory of God, but also in and of myself, do you not understand, in and of yourself, you're just as lost as you ever was. In and of yourself, you're just as low down as we ever was. But through God's grace and mercy, look here, we realize, look, we've fallen so short, but God loves you anyway. He deserves more than the crumbs just off of your table. You can remember the story about the man that was Lazarus. He was a poor man. He was laying up on the table. And this morning when the Lord come to me, it was almost like that's where we put God at. God, I will serve you if everything works out this week, Brother Eddie. If everything works out, we hope to see you Sunday. You have a revival. We're going to try to at least come one night. Well, bless your soul for showing up. I really wanted to go. Quit lying. You done started lying on top of being unfaithful. Want to. Want to. All this scriptures are doing is showing us how good God is. It ought to fill the church up for showing us, look, we just kind of got him up on the table. The rich man was there. Y'all know the story. He, he had fared sumptuously every day, providing for the pleasures and the things of life. Just, just, just you know, just the Bible said to him, what will it profit a man if he, if he gained a whole world and lose that soul? The hands, the arms, the body, you're going to get a different one. But the soul, the soul of man is going to spend eternity somewhere. So I don't know how much you can take of this until you cut it off, but I feel led to read verse 22 one more time. I, I don't know if anybody in this church is going to go out today and do the, these two places that God has showed us so sharp. You know what that ought to make us understand? Don't go out here mad. Don't go out here saying, good Lord. Brother Eddie reading that. Brother Eddie got the same jam you in. But I said you in too. It ain't just me. You woke up this morning if it hadn't been for the Lord is on your side. You woke up this morning if it hadn't been for his continuing grace and mercy that was following you. I'm telling you, you'd be in an awful, awful mess. I want to read these things to tell you, look at, he deserves more than what we're giving him. Wow. Here he come. Here he come in closing. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful for he was very rich. You know, that's really a problem. I've always said this. I've always said, what if, what if this place that we live in right here, Brother Anthony, of West Tennessee, what if we was the poorest part of America that there was? And all they got is, 
It's through the week. They have to live on rationing. I was talking to that missionary the other day about they just live on rationing. Didn't none of us have a car. But what little bit we had, we pooled together and we got this old school bus. And we had to start on Sunday mornings like at four o'clock and it was in a rotation so everybody wouldn't have to get up early and we rotated the time to be picked up. But some of us would be picked up at four o'clock in the morning, brought to the house of the Lord to worship. We never got to go nowhere else. We just kind of worked as I went up in Kentucky and I was doing mission work up there. There was a man sitting out in the garden, the first man that I seen when I went to the top of the hill with the trailer to carry some things they was going to distribute. The first man that I seen was standing out out in the garden, sitting out, sitting out in the garden with no legs, looking, they done placed him there and he was scooting himself along and he was planting potatoes. Go out there and talk to a man that's sitting on the ground, ain't got no legs whatsoever. I don't know what you done. I don't know what you brought, but I want you to know that I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. Mud all over him right here with no legs, planting potatoes. I'm just so grateful. They had a little house out there. You can tell they just put some siding on it, some masonite siding on it. There was four ladies in the building every day of their life. They come and pick them up. They made aprons for, for Target and for some other stores like that. That's the aprons that you buy in some of your fancy stores that you're going on. They go on and put the tag on them and everything, and the whole building ain't 15 by 25. Don't know what you brought, but we're just so thankful for what you brought. You're getting ready to have church. They would just dive in there. Why? Because they was hungry for the Word of God. Why? Because they didn't have nowhere else to go. The riches of America is going to destroy this country one day because you've just been too blessed to know that it wasn't nobody but God that woke you up this morning. Oh, the Bible said that the harvest is spent. Summer's ended and we still ain't saved. Johnny Wayne at the end of the thing yesterday was going to give an invitation. I said, he was going to stop. He said, you need to say anything. I said, no, just pray that we all get saved. Oh, you ever seen them religious folks sitting around the table? Wait a minute, man. I believe in once saved, always saved. Well, you get saved then. Get saved. We still ain't saved. We still, we still got things going on. We still play engaged with God and God knows it. The Bible said, the Bible, this morning I read the scripture, he said, it ain't those that got in a race. It ain't those that got in some race. They want to tell you, I got in at 14, I got in at 45, I got in at 85. He said, oh no, I don't care what denomination you are, but it ain't when you got in. It's where you're going to wind up. Bible said that one that ever put his hands to a plow. And I want to tell you, if you ever get a salvation that God gets, I tell you what, he'll stick you in. And when he sticks you in, you can't get out. Because there ain't going to be nothing ever compared. 
They can bring your yacht boats. They can bring your ski boats. They can bring anything that the world's got. They can bring the money. They can bring the fancy cars. They can bring the fancy houses. Look at your tabloids. They got a whole lot more than you got, and they still miserable. Why? Why? Because they ain't got no peace. They ain't never met that man from Galilee. He said, look, if you're going to follow me, you need to give it all away. You just need to get it all out of your mind. You need to get it to a point that it don't matter. Oh, brother, Eddie, he'll sell everything. I'm just reading to you, you got to work it all out yourself. You got to sell it all. You got to sell it all out. You got to give it away. You know why we got into seats today? Cause of pleasures. Sin. Worldly lust. What kind of worldly lust are you talking about? Anything that took the place of Jesus this morning. You know what? The, those that ain't here this morning, they didn't go to church on Monday either. They didn't go to church on Tuesday either. They didn't go to church on Wednesday either. Boy, do we have some church in here Wednesday night. Woo, sue it. They didn't go to church Thursday either. They didn't go to church Friday either. They didn't go to church Saturday either. No. See, Sunday was kind of easy. Just come up with one excuse. Let me tell you something. Sherry, he was good to me Monday morning. He was worshiping. He was worthy of praise Monday morning. And when I woke up Tuesday after he done kept me TJ all day Monday and he done blessed me all, all day Monday and when I woke up Tuesday and realized that he done been good to me on Monday, I tell you what, Tuesday kind of got me all pumped up and wound up. Let's leave Wednesday night out. But I tell you what, after he done took care of me Monday and Tuesday and I realized on Wednesday that I couldn't have done without them two days and on Thursday and on Friday and on Saturday. <laughs> Bible said, won't you examine yourself? Will you be of the faith? Oh, wait a minute, I got faith. No, that faith said, won't you examine yourself whether you be in a race or not? Don't you love a race? You ever been to a race? <laughs> they, un they unlike the race the Christians in, they call themselves. Bunch of sour, dried up, bunch of prunes. Read, boy, it'd be fun to preach in heaven to all saved folks. Huh? Folks running out the door. Where you going? Man, don't worry about him. He's having a spell. He'll be back. She's having a spell. She'll be back. Good Lord. Man, where are they going? Where are they going? What's going on? Y'all got to settle down. I be saying, y'all got to settle down. We, can, we can't settle down. It's the same Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit you got in you. If you don't think much about him right here, you think God's going to give you a tune-up when you get to glory? No. Oh, I ain't never heard so many excuses why folks can't do things. <laughs> They'll try to give me excuses why they can't worship in church even, you know. Like I would get up. Well, you get up and do everything else. Read. Help me now. Come down. Take over this thing. You get up and run and do everything else. Oh, yeah, you do. I can't. Well, if you can't, don't worry about it. You don't owe me no explanation. But if you can, God deserves 
all that you can give him. Now, let me get through. Good Lord, that got a little more harsh than what I planned. I appreciate you being here today. But I want you to look at that scripture. It says, never met a man who shall not receive manifold more of this pleasant time. And then the world will come. Have you ever been around a golly little old lady? Just all she did, Ray, just worked to church all the time. Every time you go to church, a little old woman's working. Have a little long skirt on, just, just working, just bent over working and wiping on something. What are you doing? Just, I'm just working. I, I'm just working. Try sitting down with some one of them old saints sometime. How you doing, son? What about, the, what about Jesus? What, what about them old saints? Let me try to get through. Boy, we done got real quiet in here. This thing burning me too. It burning me. He went away soft. And when he saw this, he, he saw that the man was, was soft. He said, how hardly shall they have riches enter the kingdom of God? You ain't got enough yet. What you just got ain't going to be good enough. You ain't got enough yet. Things ain't going to make you happy. People ain't going to make you happy. If Jesus didn't have you happy, <laughs> hmm. got to have more, got to get better. What it is, Chris, is we're living for people. Won't you just go and admit it? People run you. Because all you care about is what they think about you. You want to get free? You get free when you say, look, the only one I care about is what he thinks about. Me. <laughs> Reed, I was thinking about your place the other day. I need to ride by there one day with a bicycle with a little red wagon behind it. Have my King James Bible in, in, in the wagon, which put me some saran wrap over it. Just keep riding by your window. Put my cowboy hat so somebody think, well, that is Reed's pastor. <laughs> somebody say, ain't that your pastor? Just riding that bicycle. Huh? I may keep, keep my phone. I'm going to get rid of this iPhone and get me a flip phone. And, and, and then when I flip it out, and y'all say, well, so-and-so, I say, man, I, I'm down here, man, the other side of halls. I mean, it's going to take me, I won't be at there tomorrow. I'm riding my bicycle. Man, I'm on my horse. I mean, I'm, I'm 20 miles from you. I've come down here to preach. I'm, I'm 30 miles. I'm, I'm down here on the other side of Little Rock. I rode my horse. I'll be back. <laughs> you know how nice it'd be. We're thinking, man, wouldn't that be something? You know how nice it'd be to ride a horse from Little Rock all the way to Brownsville Reed? You know how nice it'd be not to have no telephone, Brother Benny? I'm on my horse. And I just left Little Rock. Right down the side of the interstate, coming to Brownsville. Just trotting away. Just trotting away. Just trotting away, coming to Brownsville. You know how nice that'd be? Oh, no, brother, it'd be nice if you had a nice ride. You was in that nice ride. Man, you know how nice it'd be to be able to pop a tent? Boy, just pop that tent out there and have your fan in it. Ain't nobody worrying you. Ain't nobody calling you. Don't owe nothing, Brother Harris. Ain't like that snowball rolling down. 
Man, you just popped a tent, spent the night, got up the next morning, rolled up stuff. <laughs> you know all these folks y'all see out there and make a living with them signs need some money? They make a lot of money doing that. I want to tell you a story one more time about a fellow in my family, and, uh, and we was working, and I just want to say this, and I'm going to finish. Really, who's got it going on who ain't? It was hot. We was putting a trust out here on Island Baptist Church. It was hot. It was so hot, man. You wipe it off, and you just throw a towel over the, over the last trust you set, and, man, you, you set another two. You, Jason Compton, you know how it is. Man, you've been out there laying break. It's hot. Wipe and put it down. I'd have been laying brick and sweat just dry. Brother Harris, you, you know all about all that. And I, I got this nephew, he's a sweet fella. And, you know, and Mama was like, if you can use him, use him. And he can't stay hooked a lot of times. He just enjoys life. You see him, he's going to be happy. He's, his, his health is decaying and, and all that. And so we was out there, and, and his, his precious name is Kevin. And, and so I told Kevin, I had some blocks cut, Brother Harrison. I said, Kevin, all I want you to do, I got these blocks cut for every deal, and we're going to need them. We're going to need these pieces. You just send it up there to us, you know, just stay right here. He was kind of in the shade because the trust was kind of making the shade for him, and we just up there getting it, man. We just climbing over them things, and they was wide, and it was dangerous. And, you know, we was trying to get it up. We ain't could blow them down. It's just all of a sudden we said, Kevin, we're ready for a block. No, Kevin. We hollered. The man that I had for my foreman, he's hollering. Finally, somebody said, if you're looking for that young man that was helping y'all down there, he's out down up on the shade tree. And my foreman said, is he crazy? I said, I don't know if he's crazy or not. Me and you up here sweating like a hog. He's sitting up on the shade tree. I don't know who's got the most sense. But all I want to say to you, look here, life can run you plumb to death. It can run you plumb to death, man. You can think you got it going on, and the person over there, oh, they got a little old car. They have to jump start it, park it on a hill to get it to crank. Look at they happier than you are. Most people, the more they get, the miserable they get. So what he was saying is those things. You know, I I don't believe the Lord wants you to just go just just give it all away like that. He said, but get shed of that thing. Whatever it is, if it is a house, get rid of it. If it is the house, get rid of it. Huh. Mm. Let's get done. How hardly can they that have riches enter the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle for than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Oh, but I don't like it no more. No, you, no. No, you got some stuff, John. Doesn't got in your way. Well, I, I, don't, I don't like that women's group didn't turn out the way I thought. That's another church where I got another women's group. I'm gonna go to theirs. That men's group, I don't know, it didn't fit me right. I'm gonna go to theirs. It's always something. No, it's you. It was good when you didn't have nothing. Huh? Come on, we're going to get done right here. Mm. He said, it's harder. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. 
We're not here worshiping. We're not, even us that are sitting here, so many things get in our way. And they that all heard it said, then who can be saved? I'd say the same thing. Good Lord, who can? Who can get in? Boy, and I love what Jesus said to him right here. Who can? It all come down to this verse. It was tough on me too when it started. I'm thinking, man, I got to get saved. When Johnny, you was going yesterday? I said, no, you need to pray we get saved. I said, we get saved. Every day. Here's what I say. If you've ever been saved and you ain't been saved, you ain't never been saved. Let me run it by you again. If you've ever been saved and you ain't been saved, Therefore, being justified. If there ain't something churning you to molding and making you steal that you don't, you ain't allowing to get in there and it's molding and making you. God said, no, I got to have that. There it comes again. I got to clip that off. I got to prune that. I, I am the vine. You are the branches. I got to prune it. I got to do away with it. If that ain't going on in your life, please get saved. Please get saved. If you was ever right here with God and now God's blessing you and now you don't all fell back. You know what I watch a lot of people that surround me and probably they see the same in me. If I, if, and if I see it's preached to me, if you don't want to do your stuff, come do mine. So Brother Eddie, I'm a little concerned. That's okay. Come on. Give it to me. I need it. I need it. But I see a lot of people that I'm around. If you do any less for God than what you're doing right now, you're going to absolutely have to quit. You hear what I said? If you do any less for God than what you're doing right now, you don't have excuses why you can't do that no more. You had a vacation you want to go on. You had that you want to go on. You don't made excuses. If you do absolutely, if you do any less than what you're doing right now, you're going to have to quit. I'm going to tell you what God showed me this morning. When God put this in my mind, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it. It said, tell them, the Lord said for me to tell them that if they do any less than what you're doing right now, you've got to quit. The Lord's desiring for us to worship Him. He said He inhabits the praise of His people. That's where He wants to go. He wants to go to somebody that still needs Him. 